Hey everyone, welcome to the Americana Station podcast. I am one of your hosts, Will Payne Harrison, and today on the podcast we have David Quinn. Um, you can probably hear the coffee in the background, I just started that. Uh, we're going to get into this podcast today. I'm excited for you to hear about David um, and his amazing new album. Big news, um, we were in the boot.com for uh, 11 podcasts that have Americana and country artists need to listen to in 2022, uh, and we were featured in there with uh, Cocaine and Rhinestone, um, Hippies and Cowboys podcast, uh, Walking the Floor. So I'm super excited because I, I love all those podcasts, um, and it, it was it was super cool to uh, be able to be a part of that, to be uh, one of those 11 podcasts that you need to listen to. If you're new here because of that, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in, um, and I, I hope you enjoy listening to. Uh, this info about David Quinn. Um, so I have to be honest uh, here. Uh, I'm not really good at the Patreon thing, um, but I did set one up today. And um, I'm going to throw this little pitch at you. Uh, we need your help. If you are a longtime uh, Americana Station listener, if you enjoy the show, um, I, I would love for you to go and um, give one of the tiers. We just started off with th uh, three tiers, 5 10 and $20. You can give more if you would like. Um, and once we hit that sweet spot where we're making uh, enough money to, to really, to really carry this thing, um, we'll actually add a lot more content right now. You know, we're all having to work extra jobs and, and do other things. And it's hard to, it's, it's hard to, to make time for this, you know, because, um, uh, honestly, you know, it takes about two, three hours of prep, you know, you're doing about an hour and a half to two hours for the, uh, the actual interview, and then uh, I have to come in uh, and edit all these, which is another few hours. So we're looking at like eight hours an episode, and I think a lot of people don't realize all the work that goes into that, not to mention podcast hosting. I just had to buy a new laptop because my old one crapped the bed. Um, you know, there's there's also like the audio interfaces, the microphones. There's a lot of expenses involved with this that people I don't think realize, and um we yeah we need your help we really do and uh, to to keep this being continuous and especially since we've got this bump from the boot I've been getting the the increase in um, people that want to be on the podcast is has really skyrocketed and I want to have them some of them are amazing well they're all amazing but some of them are ones I really have looked forward to uh, interviewing and we would like to continue to do this but uh, at the free volunteer level, uh, there's only so much time that we can give. So if you would like to see the podcast take off and do more uh, video content, extra podcasts, um, you know, go to, we're looking to try to go to Americana Fest and, and interview some uh, of the uh, people that are on the festival. So like, if you would like to see more content and you would like to see us uh, really thrive, uh, I would, I would urge you to please visit our Patreon. I think it's patreon.com slash Americana Station. That would be super appreciated. Um, and I would love to be able to pay Emily in India as well, because right now they're doing it out of the joy of their heart, which I totally appreciate. Um, but it is getting to that point where we need to start making uh, money to move forward and do more things, uh, take out ads. Uh, there's just so much that we could do that we, we aren't currently doing. And um, if you really enjoy the podcast and you'd like to see it grow, um, then please visit our Patreon and uh, consider being a patron. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention in uh, news is that India Ramey's about to be, she's probably by this point uh, featured on WMOT. 
Um, and they're actually using my picture uh, that I took of her when she performed at uh, D's a few weeks back for Ryan Sinclair's EP release. So uh, make sure you visit WMOT.org and look for that India Ramey um, feature with yours truly as the photographer on that. That's super cool. Um, thanks, India, for choosing my photo. That's uh, really an honor. Um, okay, so we're going to get into it now with uh, David. Hey everyone, welcome to Americana Station Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have David Quinn. Super excited to have him. First thing I want to mention is not only is your new album like lined up with uh, an amazing lineup of players, but uh, you got you also got to have Fats uh, Kaplan um, play some fiddle on your record. And uh, he played on my last record. He's such an amazing musician and awesome dude. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah he is. He's... Uh... He's incredible. I was, um, I hadn't really put, um, actually I hadn't put any like fiddle, um, and some other things on, on either of my last couple records. And I, I knew I wanted it for this one. Um, so I had asked around, I think I, I had asked Kelsey Walden, um, and she recommended fats. And then I asked my buddy, Micah, who plays keys on the record. Um, wait, um, Micah, what's his last name? Micah Hulsher. I'm not exactly sure how to say it. He plays with Margot Price. He's played with everyone. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I know a different keys player named Micah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. It might be. I wonder if it's the same one. I'm going um, to look him up. Yeah, it's H-U-L-S-C-H-E-R, I believe. Um, and it's just funny. They had both recommended fat. So he came so highly recommended to me. Um, and just having him in the room is so special. I mean, we, we really kind of got along pretty well. Um, you know, and it just, it really helped. It was kind of cool because he, he, he played a couple instruments on the record. Um, and then, you know, there's a couple tunes that he's not on either. And it like, it, it was kind of cool because he was able to sit back in and kind of watch a little bit. And, and, and he would, you know, he'd even give us ideas. It's like, Hey, you know, I think you guys should try this. And it was just kind of cool to, you know, it, for me, this was a self-produced record. So, yeah. um, you know, you don't usually get that luxury. So it was kind of cool to whether he had already tracked his part or maybe he wasn't on this song. He's hanging out and then saying, you know, punching into the live room saying, hey, why don't we try this? And, I, you know, just so cool to hear hear ideas from Fats. I mean, he's such, such a talented guy. So he played theremin on a track on my record. So <laughs> that was the first. He... Yeah. For him and me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I would love to hear that. He, um, yeah, he's a ma magician as well, is what I hear. Yeah, he's actually a magician. Not just a magician, mu musician. Like, he actually is literally... <laughs> right. Like, he'll do the spot uh, at Five Spot with uh, his wife, um, Christy, and they, they'll they play songs, and then he'll do a magic act. It's pretty cool. Oh, wow. I didn't realize uh, he mixes them both. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. He Like, they'll play a couple of songs, and then he'll do, like, a a stint of like a bunch of magic tricks and they'll go back and play some more songs. Uh, that's great. Yeah. He's a, he's a fascinating guy. Um, really, uh, really glad I got to get to know him and, and have him on this record. So, and that's only the tip of the iceberg. Cause you also, uh, have, is it lore from driving and crying? Yeah, I think it's Lauer. I think Lauer? that's what he goes Sorry. by. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not totally sure, but, um, yeah, people call him little Joe a lot. Um, 
that was all that was also great i mean he, he's one of my favorite players specifically on slide too he's just so good um he played on my last record on some songs too so it was kind of cool you know we, we keep in touch pretty often um and i just love having him come in he, he always takes things to another level and um, you know, I, I usually know what tracks I want him on to, and he'll just come in and, um, you know, just, just make everything sound so good. He's just such a talented player as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then you had Brett on uh pedal steel. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Jamie T Davis from Margot price, miles Miller yeah. from Sturgill Simpson. <clears throat> you didn't slack yeah. on, on musicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of nice. You know, I've been able to get to know a lot of these folks, um, just from my last couple of records and um, me and Jamie specifically, we, we keep in touch pretty often. Um, you know, I even would run by some of these t- songs before, you know, we got in the studio with him and um, you know, he always is, is, has been a good, good friend of me and gives me advice and ideas for songs and things like that. So, um, you know, I kind of knew I wanted all those guys, but uh, Miles, the drummer was, was a bit of a surprise because I had originally went down in uh, last February to track this record. I had everything booked, all the people booked. Um, and I was using Dylan who played on my last record, who also plays with Margaret Price. Um, and I got there the day that the snow and ice storm started. I don't know if you remember all of that. Um, uh, last year, two years ago. Um, the one that lasted like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think was, and they hit Texas too. I I think that's when Texas closed. I think that was a year ago, right? Last I, I think it's hard to <laughs> with COVID. Wait, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it was two ago. Anyways, so um, it was crazy. I mean, I pulled into town, all ready to to hit the studio the next day. Started snowing, turned to ice. Everyone's texting me, calling me, and then like, hey, I think we're gonna have to push for a day. We pushed for a day everything got worse. We pushed for another day. And then it was like, Hey, you know, if we have to push one more day, we, we can't do this because people were in there like a certain amount of days later. So mm-hmm. we weren't able to push it all. Um, and sure enough, we had to push it. So we just had to cancel. So that was, uh, cr- it's just a crazy experience. I pretty much drove to Nashville and then was like locked in a room for, <laughs> for four days. Um, so I said, I'm not, I'm not leaving Nashville till I reschedule this. And and it was a bit of a challenge. Um, but the only time I could get folks in there within the next couple of months was the dates that I went back, which was like a month later. Um, and everyone could do it, but Dylan, the drummer, which is unfortunate because he's, I love Dylan's playing. Um, so somebody had recommended miles to me and miles has always been one of my favorite players. Um, and he was, uh, super friendly and accommodating and was happy to do it. Um, so that's how Miles ended up on there. He was kind of the surprise ad last minute. But then once he was there, it fit right in. And I think it, it worked perfectly for this record. Um, he ended up singing some harmonies too. And uh, it, it all worked out for the best, I think. So did, did you track everything live? So a lot of the, not everything, no. A lot of like bass, drums, rhythm, guitar, acoustic, you know, like we'd get a good take of that and then kind of go back and do like overdub some leads um, mm-hmm. And I redid vocals and things like that, but the basis of the track was, uh, was live. So nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so what was like, I just self-produced my own record. I just finished mastering it myself actually yesterday. And oh, cool. what was the, like, so I can relate to producing your own record. It is kind of stressful. Um, <laughs> right. What was that process like for you? Did you um, 
like kind of map out like pre-production uh, ahead of time. Um, probably mm-hmm. did all the demos and all that stuff, send it out to everybody. And yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I really did the self-produced thing out of like budget and um, just kind of convenience uh, mm-hmm. for this one. Um, so I, I grew up playing drums. I, I played drums before I played guitar or, or anything like that. Um, or even wrote for that matter. So, you know, when I come up with a lot of the songs, I usually know pretty much how the drums are going to sound. Um, yeah. I write a lot of the lead like guitar melodies that I can't play cause I'm not quite too much of a guitar player, but, um, you know, I'll just write the melody and I hum it into my demos. So my demos are, are you know, something to be, uh, you know, could use some work, but like it, the parts are there. Right. So I pretty much know what I wanted things to be beginning to, end. you know, like each song beginning to end, I kind of knew what I wanted that to, to sound like, um, I'm really not a technical person. Um, but my engineer, Mike, uh, who did this, he did my last record as well. And he's also a friend of mine. So, uh, he really kind of understands, I think what I'm going for. So it's, it's cool. I'll send him some records beforehand or like give him a general idea of what I'm looking for. And, um, you know, as I say, it was self-produced, but, you know, there was, there was plenty of creative input by people and, um, you know, they would take my ideas and make them, make them much better. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I did a lot of kind of pre-production stuff, but, um, you know, that was kind of to the extent of it, you know, I, I demoed kind of knew what I wanted and then we did the rest kind of in the room there. Yeah. I, I think most of my production style is just saying no (laughs) instead of like, (laughs) like let them do their thing. And when it, it's not, no, that's not it. But otherwise like, like, yeah, I like what you did do one more take, but do like something a little bit different or something like that. I'm definitely not like, uh, uh, over the top, like, (laughs) you know, like micromanager of, of every part. I think it, it breathes a better record when you let the person just be who they are in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's kind of nice to be surprised too. I think Yeah, since I can kind of play drums, kind of play guitar um, and you know, I, I, I write the song. So I kind of have this idea like, Oh yeah, this is how it's going to sound. It's kind of nice to be surprised in there when somebody says, well, Hey, why don't we do this? Or, you know, I wrote, like the title track country fresh. I, I wrote that melody to be a guitar melody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brett, I think it was Brett or fats. One of them said, Hey, why don't you try it on steel? And then we did on steel and was like, Oh yeah, this sounds great. Let's do that. So um, little things like that. I think I really, really started to realize it's, it's nice to be surprised. Um, and that was the other piece again about having fats. It was kind of cool to have him a couple times just be able to sit back and throw out ideas. And he, he was more than willing to, which I think were, were, was really great because, you know, I think that's the downside of doing your own record. You're in the live room. You can't really hear what you'd hear if you were sitting away listening, you know? Right. Yeah. And for any, excuse me, for anyone listening that doesn't know, Fats played with John Prine. He played with Jack White. Um, I think he's played with some other people too, that I'm just not, Yeah, he has he's right a bunch. He's on, I know he's on like the Hayes Carl record. He's on a bunch okay. of good stuff. Sure. Yeah. So he's he's like insane. And just like one of those like top notch musicians where like uh, I think I knew he was good, but then when he gets in the studio, just like his brain is like on fire. It's awesome. It's super right. awesome. Yeah. Um and yeah, he was he was incredible. That was that that must have been an awesome experience for you. 
And going back to the the name of your record, um, segueing a little bit, you're talking about the title track "Country Fresh." That came from uh, something you found actually in the Sound Emporium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so since I mentioned before, I made my last record there um, a couple of years ago now, <clears throat> um, and we were we were tracking, we were uh, listening back to something and like way in the back of the room under a bunch of stuff. I have no idea how I found it. Um, I mean, I truly look like it hadn't been picked up in 50 years. I asked my engineer buddy too. I'm like, he's like, dude, I've worked here for a long time. No one's ever mentioned that. He's like, I don't think it's been seen. So it's an ashtray and it says, uh, it said country fresh on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. The font was kind of cool. It was like yellowy seventies with like this white writing. Um, and it just stuck with me. And I remember loving it at that point. So I, I was started right away. I started just saying that country fresh, like, you know, if I liked something or if somebody played a cool <laughs> lick or um, even, and then, so it started more musically, like something that I liked musically, but then it got to like anything, you know, uh, like if the biscuits were good at breakfast, I'll, you know, that was country fresh. So we, <laughs> you know, I started using it with my, my buddies and my players and, um, and it just stuck. So I had it in my head for so long. And then um, when I got out here to Indiana, um, I was kind of living this like dream life in this weird way. Um, you know, I was working with horses and being outside and just kind of having this sort of um, kind of falling back in love with the Midwest and um, spending mm-hmm. a lot of time outside. Uh, so I was just writing a song about what I've been, how I've been living, which became country fashion. It just hit. I'm like, well, this has to be the chorus somehow. Country Fresh needs to be in there. And then um, that song is kind of pretty representative of what the whole record is. So I had to name the record Country Fresh. So we're just, uh, (laughs) I'm just rolling with it. You know, I still use it all the time. So Uh, I just realized you you said Illinois. I didn't realize you're from like the Chicago area. You're the second Chicago person in a row I've interviewed. Uh, I just did Bronte Fall. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. I've, I've heard her name before. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's Terry. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, but you moved to, uh, Indiana and mm-hmm. you said before we started, you said it was kind of on the border of Michigan and Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right in Indiana still, but, um, I'm pretty close to Michigan border. I'm not that far from the Illinois border either. Um, I still get into Chicago to, for rehearsals and stuff. Um, I grew up like 40, 50 miles West of the city. So I'm not really a city person. Um, but I still get into the city now to like rehearse and everything. But yeah. Um, yeah, very proud of the Midwest, proud to be from Illinois. And, um, you know, I love it out here in Indiana too. Uh, but just, you know, in general, the Midwest is uh, definitely, I think has shaped a lot of like how my music sounds specifically this, this newest record. So. Yeah. Yeah. So are you a Cubs or a Sox fan? That's the, <laughs> that's the real question. That is the question. Um, I'm a Sox fan. I grew up a Sox okay, fan. I like All right. Um, you know, Big I know the Frank Sox Thomas. fans. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Thomas, Ventura, <laughs> all the, uh, all the greats. I, the Sox fans are always a little more rowdy, you know? Yeah. The Cubs fans sometimes can be a little more clean cut. So, uh, I grew up a Sox fan and, um, I'm not someone who hates the other side though. I've been to plenty of Cubs games to be honest with you. Um, I have some family who works for the Cubs as well. So, you know, it is what it is, but no, hate, no hate. for sure. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that you had to like hate one of the teams uh, until the first <laughs> time I went to Chicago. Cause I, 
you know, I, I grew up on the Sox, but I was always a Cubs mm-hmm. fan too. Like, yeah, I like them both. No, you can't like them both. You have to choose one. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, that's just how it goes. But so, um, you kind of mentioned, you know, that it's you, you're, you know, the whole Midwest thing has definitely influenced this album, but how specifically has it maybe influenced the writing in the last, you've been there, what, two years? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two years. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, kind of like re-energized me um, because, again, like I mentioned before, I've never really been a city person. I didn't grow up in the city. I was just there because I was getting a lot of gigs there. Um, yeah. So I was only there for a couple of years. Um, but getting back, being able to sort of be outside and like really be in like the Midwest, um, it just totally was refreshing for me. I mean, it was everything I needed. Um you know, while I understand and am sensitive to a lot of people had a lot of like the last couple of years have been tough on people. Um, you know, I had opportunity to sort of just like, I was a little tucked away from it. You know, when I turn on my TV or go into town, I, I would be reminded, but, um, you know, like being on a ranch, not much has changed, you know, when you're on a horse in a big field, you don't, you're not really reminded of COVID or anything going on. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then even being out here, you know, we're on a, like a small little lake. So um, it was just like so freeing to get away from everything. Um, I went through such a creative, I still feel like I am. I mean, I'm still writing so much. Um, I wrote that whole record right here and kind of in my room here, I have a couch and, um, I wake up early and I like to write in the morning. Um, and it really allowed me to, to sort of, um, I think write about some things that I love as opposed to, you know, there's definitely some heartache on this record for sure. That's always going to be there for me. But, um, you know, a lot of my songs are about leaving somewhere in this record. Like there's so many songs about just all the stuff I love, like cornbread and chili country fresh. <laughs> That's just everything I love as opposed to a lot of my songs on my last record, all about leaving, not being content and things like that. And this record is just like, I love it here. You know, <laughs> here's, I love food. I love music. I love all these things. So, um, I don't know. It really brought a new perspective for me that I haven't been able to, to really hone in on until recently. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I know the whole heartbreak thing, uh, <laughs> is normally, yeah, <laughs> on, on the records for me too, but it's same thing. The one that I just finished, um, is mostly like, well, there's a couple of like sad songs, but they're not actually about me. They're just, you know, right. either written about a, a friend or, you know, sure something like that. But yeah, the sad songs aren't actually about me. So it doesn't feel like a sad album. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird to do that, to, to not have a sad album. It is. Yeah. And it's funny the the couple of sad ones on mine are, well, the, the one too serious, more really sad ones were old, not old, but written a little bit before I left. So, um, which kind of makes sense too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's funny. There's like a handful of tunes I wrote before I left and then, most of the more sort of content ones are, are songs I wrote like out here, you know, I'm just kind of living the way I, you know, the way that I talk about in a lot of those songs. So, you know, it was interesting to try to find that mix, but um, I, you know, I did my best and I, I hope it, it, it match, you know, kind of works for everyone the way it works for me. But uh, yeah, it's always a, a tricky line to walk putting songs together on a record, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, I see the, in your bio about the cornbread and chili, uh, kind of like how Guy Clark likes to write about food that you mentioned. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's another one that's hard to, to toe that line of like, 
you know, writing a good song about food is not easy. Right. That, that must that's have been a challenge. I, right. And that's why I, um, the whole song's not about food because I couldn't do it. I tried. <laughs> but, um, you know, I had to add in some of the other stuff I love, um, which I was happy to. I mean, I kind of blend all my favorite things are food, you know, music, horses, all that kind of stuff. So um, it freed it up a little bit when I was like, well, the whole song doesn't have to be about. Food. I mean, Texas cooking's not all about right I mean, the chorus is but right right yeah so yeah but i've wanted to do that for a long time and never been able to to, to do it until this one and i was really happy with the tur- the way it turned out um i remember my direction for that one we like listened to the demo and then i was like i just don't want it to be cheesy but yeah. you know i just but i also want like a band on it like i wanted full instrumentation or whatever and that was it and everyone's like okay and then we went in and it came out the way it did so i was pretty happy with it that's awesome uh there's like war on twitter over chili are you uh team beans or team no beans <laughs> i always hear about this um especially in texas they're like anti beans in texas apparently that's what i hear I, i'm not going to lie i kind of grew up with beans in my chili and i'm Same. not against it oh you too mhm yeah. Um, but you know, I don't discriminate. I'm good with either. Let's I mean, I get it. I'm from Louisiana. If you put tomatoes in your gumbo, I'm not going to eat it. So I understand. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just, it seems weird to me because I grew up with beans in my chili. So yeah. People get passionate about that. I know <laughs> I've had people ask me too. I think we're, I'm going to do like, um, I have like my homemade cornbread recipe that my mom makes. Um, and I'm going to put together my, um, chili recipe and I'm going to like, I'm going to do probably do something with those two and put them out, whether it's just like thank you cards or something that comes with merch. Um, and I've had people ask too, like, well, do you put, do you put beans in your chili? And I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see. I don't know. I got to play it. You know, I got to figure that one out. You just gotta, you just gotta choose the side and go with it. I think beans are great. They should be in chili. I agree. Uh, I don't know about the noodles. I don't know if you do noodles in Indiana. I know in like Ohio and stuff in Cincinnati, they got the whole noodle thing going. Yeah. Growing up, growing up, my, uh, my mom used to do it. I don't, I don't do it now that I'm older for some reason, but growing up, I always did. Yeah. My dad put rice in his chili and that's just weird to me. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Not probably doesn't taste too bad though. Just kind of weird though. Yeah. It just kind of makes it like a lot thicker, I guess, but right. yeah. So, um, when you're writing, is it like a, do you ever collaborate or is it just like a, I, I'm, I'm going to do this alone thing. And is it like, a something that you kind of chip away at and, and sit with, or is it something that just like when you're inspired, you kind of pick up the pen? Yeah. You know, um, a little bit of all of that, I guess. Um, I really like to write in the morning. I always feel really creative in the morning. Um, which is funny because I, a lot of my favorite songwriters, I always hear that they write like all through the night, you know, and, um, I've never been able, I've just never been like that. I get more creative when I write, when I wake up. Um, so I, I walk a fine line between, I mean, I think the best kind of stuff comes when it just shows up and you, you kind of, just catch it right and, and, and jot it down. But at the same time, I've been trying to, especially since I moved out here, um, to be a little bit more diligent and like sitting down every day and just trying to write for 20 minutes. Um, cause those are the ones I think that 
maybe you don't write the best song, but you maybe you come up with a really good chorus or, or point of view or whatever it might be that then you add in when when the magic kind of hits. Um, but most of the songs on this record were ones that came pretty quickly for me, um, you know, that I sit down and kind of write. I go back and revise a little bit, but I, I'm certainly not uh, a perfectionist and I'm not somebody who sits on a song for, for years and years or even months and months. I mean, I, I like to kind of get it out and move on um, and I'll just like track it on my phone or just a quick demo to have it. And then, you know, maybe in the studio or before I go to the studio, I'll revise a little bit, but um, yeah, I kind of just like to get it out and move on. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, my best songs are probably the ones that were 20 minutes to write, you right. know, but right. uh, I, I've gotten into the um, revising more in the last couple, two, three years. Mm-hmm. That's new for me. I used to just write it and that was the song. Right. Um, I've seen a lot of, uh, not only joy, but also just like I'm writing better songs by revising. I mean, and it kind of hit me when uh, I had a friend kind of help me with a few lines on a song that I felt like was really good, but had a few weak lines. And then the whole thing ended up being like strong, in my opinion, um, after I kind of helped, had someone help me with revising it. And I was just like, man, I should start doing this more often. (laughs) And it, it really has helped my writing so much because sometimes you're, you just, you throw like a, uh, just a throwaway line in there. Cause you just want to get done with that verse, right. you know, the cursed second verse. And then it just kind of, it's never satisfying. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to go back, I think, but yeah. that's new for me. Yeah. I didn't used to do that. Well, it's good to hear. I mean, a lot of, a lot of my favorite writers do the same thing too. They, they talk about how important that is. Um, so it's something I do think about, and I'm sure it's probably the next step, right. To start being like, okay, let's go back and kind of, um, you know, do things that way. And even like co-writes, I haven't really done much. Um, or like you said, even just letting someone take a look and maybe be like, Hey, well, what about this line? Um, it's something I'm certainly open to. And is the more I've been around other songwriters, I've kind of been, you know, hinting at the idea. I even asked my friend recently, like, Hey, if I, I'm kind of working on some stuff, like, would you mind taking a look? Um, Mm -hmm. I used to never do that. So um, I'm, you know, I'm definitely growing in in that way and and open to, to trying that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing, you know, where some of the new stuff goes uh, with, you know, with maybe a different process. So. Here in Nashville, they have a few different ones. And I know Guy Clark used to do one, uh, but uh, the one that I was going to is called the Song Salon, where it's just a songwriter group where you Mm. share a new song and then everyone critiques it. And um, it's such a cool cool. concept because you have like a bunch of people you really respect telling you if your song sucks. But it's kind of hard when you just wrote it. And always when you just wrote it, it's the best thing ever, you know, no matter how (laughs) shitty it actually is. So yeah, sometimes, you know, I would go there with a song that I'm just like, and they're like, dude, that's a line from a Ryan Adams song. And you're like, shit, you're right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Gosh, that's, yeah, that's gotta be really useful, but also tough. Oh yeah. Yeah. Time. It can be brutal if, if you're really like holding on to that song. <laughs> right. Which almost, you almost always are right in the beginning too, you know, like, yeah. the, you know, this is the song. Yeah. But the, those are fun. Do you, do you come to Nashville often besides just recording? Yeah, I get there pretty often. I was actually just there um, uh, two weeks ago. I played the five spot. Um, I think on $2 the 20, Tuesday? Or? 25th. No, it was a Saturday night. I did with my friend Mallory Eagle and then Lily May. Oh. Um, 
played. Yeah, I know Mallory. I learned. Yeah, she's great. She's mm-hmm. so talented. Um, and then I did Memphis Sunday and came back and did Whiskey Jam on Monday. So. Nice. Yeah, so it was fun. Yeah, so I was just around. But yeah, I get there fairly often now. Um, I have a lot of good friends out there. Um, so yeah, I get I get there pretty often nowadays, which which I've been liking to to kind of do that because without by not living there, I feel like when I am there, I get so much done because I know, oh, I only have five days or whatever. So, um, so yeah, it's been good. I always like getting into town there. Are you doing a Americana Fest this year? I would love to. I'm trying to. I just, uh, <laughs> just applied to get in. So, um, Oh yeah. They just opened the, I guess. Yeah. You wouldn't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just opened the applications and everything. So so we'll see. I would like to. I've actually never been, so I really hope to hope to be there this year. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, last year was um, you know a little lackluster just because of of COVID, but um, mm-hmm. hopefully this year will be a lot <clears throat> better. Yeah, uh, I mean it was still good. It was really good last year, but um, you know hopefully it'll feel a little bit more normal. Yeah, I think so too. I think things are heading that way, or at least I like to believe they are. So yeah, knock on wood. We'll- Right. <laughs> that, that finally, hopefully it'll, it'll, cause I haven't, so I, I have a one-year-old daughter, so I've just kind of stayed away from gigs mm-hmm. uh, just cause I didn't want to give her COVID, but I just got COVID. So. Right. Are you over it now then? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was like, uh, I guess three or four weeks ago. So. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, even being out on this run, I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of, you know, show busy shows. So you know, coming back, I was just like, well, I just prepare for the the worst in case, but so far, so, you know, so good. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels good to be, be out, you know, out again playing. So I think things are getting better. I don't know. I at least going to keep saying it. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, do you have like a tour run scheduled for the album release? Um, I have a couple things, a uh, couple things planned, but, um, yeah, a lot, a lot up in the air. So a lot of pending things. So we'll see. But I'm doing a big release show um, out in Chicago on the 15th, the day the record comes out. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm heading out. I'm doing a couple of dates with Jeremy Pinnell, um, who's a friend of mine. And then, uh, yeah, a couple of cool things planned for after the release. But um, you know, a lot of still pending stuff. So we'll see. We'll see how everything pans out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to get it all out. Uh, set up and worked out uh, where, where are you playing at in Chicago? So I'm doing the record release at uh Carol's pub. Have you heard of Carol's before? I haven't. No, it's cool. Um, it's really cool. It's kind of like a, probably the only honky tonk or country bar in Chicago. Um, what about yeah, the empty cool. glass? Did, What's that? that? Is it the empty glass or the broken glass or something? Oh, like empty that? bottle, empty bottle. There you go. Empty bottle does do. So they do the, the country every Friday. Uh-huh. Um, it's a, that's a cool bar. I used to live right by that. I played, I did my first record release there for okay. my first record. Um, got a, yeah, I used to be at the empty bottle all the time, almost every Friday, but so uh, you, you must a, know Dan, right? Whitaker. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah, know Dan yeah. well. Absolutely. Awesome. He's been on the uh, podcast as well. Oh, cool. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Dan's, Dan's, uh, Dan's a bud. I've, I've played around with him a bunch. Um, yeah, he's great. So yeah, empty bottles cool. Um, there's a bunch of good good places in Chicago, um, but kind of just landed on Carol's. The 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 guy who runs that is a supporter mm-hmm. of mine as well, which is always great. So um, 
yeah, we're looking to have a good time. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun one. I haven't really played much around Chicago in the last couple of years either. So hopefully we'll have a good kind of hometown crowd and everything. So will it be like a, a Chicago band for the hometown gig? Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, my buddy, Mikey G um, playing before me. Um, he's kind of on the North side, but uh, he's a buddy. He He's in a great band. And then uh, the family gold is going to open up and they're kind of a little bit more old time honky tonk kind of crowd. So um, oh, yeah. should be a nice progression, probably get some dancers out and uh, you know, leading up to, to my set. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. That's awesome. Um, and are you doing like vinyl? Is there going to be like some sort of pre-order uh, available? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you can pre-order as of now. Um, we, uh, yeah, we pre-orders have been going really well. So you can pre-order on the website, store, you know, Instagram, any of that kind of stuff. Um, you can pre-order the vinyl. I actually just got all the vinyl in uh, last week. So it's kind of cool to actually finally physically see them. Um, and you can pre-order CD too if you want. But yeah, you can do that anywhere, anywhere online. Did you master separately for uh, vinyl versus like CD and uh, streaming. Yeah, the I had the same same guy do it. I actually use a Nashville guy, John Baldwin. I don't know if you know him. Um, I, I mean, I know the name. I, I see in the credits he's done the Stones and Merle Haggard. So I'm yeah, I'm he's done. Sure, he's amazing. He's done a bunch of old. Yeah, he's done a bunch of like re, I think kind of reissue stuff, and then a um, bunch of other good good bands as well. He's a he's a really good guy. Um, so he yeah he does kind of it's like a separate thing for the vinyl, which was which is cool to deal with. Um, and just to hear it on vinyl, I mean, that's just such a, such a different experience, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I hope that I can get mine on vinyl. We'll see, we'll see <laughs> how all that goes, but yeah, I mastered it myself. So I, I would probably have to go with someone else to get it mastered for vinyl. I don't yeah, think I, I wonder do how it. different that process is. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could take some classes or something, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it a whole different world. Different. I know you just roll off the base at like the hundred K frequency or right. Yeah. I'm really not sure though. I mean, I've, I've just, I've heard different things. You, you definitely, cause it can, the needle can jump off with too much bass and you can't, you know, the loudness wars thing. You can't really do that. You can't get it to like peaking like you can. Right. I Actually, yeah, I never, I didn't even realize that I mastering in general is like such a different world to me. I, I, I know almost nothing about it. <laughs> I took a bunch of classes uh, during the, the pandemic. I just had some money, took some online classes because I wanted to learn how to master. And I was sure. like, this is like, it's not any different than mixing. It's just different techniques. So it's like, this isn't that hard. It's just, you. if right. you don't know, you don't know. But right. yeah, it's it's like, it seems so mystical <laughs> until right. you've done it. And then you're like, Oh, is, this isn't that hard. To, I mean, yeah. it's hard to do, or it's difficult to be good at it, but it's not that difficult to learn how to do. Yeah. You're right though. It is, uh, it is sort of mystical if you don't know, like to me, it's, it is, it's like a whole different world. And then I would just say, Oh, I don't know anything about it. So. <laughs> yeah. You're like, they did it and it sounds amazing, but <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'd almost rather not know. I'm like, you know what? I'll leave it up to, to you and other folks like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's honestly kind of 
being someone who's not one of the good ones, <laughs> like John Baldwin, it, it is a little bit of a bitch because you oh, got to kind sure. of finesse some stuff to get it. Um, and like, this might be nerdy talk. I don't even know if any of the listeners will care to hear, but um, the LUFs have to be under a certain um, number as well. Um, which, because like uh, Spotify does it at negative 14, but then some of the other ones do it at like negative 16 or whatever. And oh, if, wow. if you don't master it at the correct level, uh, like Spotify will squash your, your music and it won't be loud at all. Oh, so wow. You got to yeah, like see, do mystical. all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but anyway, sorry, nerdy mastering <laughs> tangent. Um, what are some, can you like give us the, the links to your website? You mentioned them, but you didn't uh, actually say what they were. Yeah. Um, David Quinn music for Instagram. Um, I think also Facebook, I think Twitter's David Quinn band, I believe. Um, David Quinn on Spotify. My website is, uh, David Quinn, David Quinn music.net. So if you, uh, if you look up David Quinn music, I'm usually the one who comes up. There's one other David Quinn floating around out there, but, uh, He's very obviously not me. He, I think he does like uh, house music or something. And I don't even know if he still makes music. So once in a while that shows up, but um, I think people will figure out it's not me. So I've had a couple of extra people who thought like, oh, did you used to make house music? I'm like, no, that was, that's not me. Nothing against it. Just, uh, I don't, it's not my world. So uh, yeah, I used to be in a, a folk band called The Onlys. And then there's another folk band up in the um, like Pacific Northwest that does like that are called the onlys that did folk. So it got really confusing because people would like listen when Spotify first started and stuff, they would like group it together and you couldn't right. separate it at the time. And so people would be listening to their record and be like, Oh, I really love that song. Be like, I don't have a song <laughs> called that. What are you talking right. about? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's tough. If it's the same genre. Yeah. Yeah. But that has since been abandoned. So I think they probably took over the, the whole channel. Sure. <laughs> well thanks so much for coming on man i really appreciate it new records great um date Shoot. thank you when yeah it, i appreciate you have me on april 15th it'll be april out 15th i was trying to find it'll it be out everywhere um i have one more single coming out and uh and then yeah april 15th you can get it anywhere um it's going to be in record stores um, but you can pre-order now so so yeah i appreciate you having me on as well it's good good chatting with you Thanks, man. Well, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you here in Nashville soon. Yes, looking forward to it. All right, that's it for this episode of Americana Station Podcast. Make sure you stream David Quinn's new record on your favorite platform. Buy his record uh, at the record store. That helps him out a lot. And uh, go see him live. Coming up on the station, we've got Meg Farrell. Uh, we've got the Kentucky Gentleman. Um, Peter Donovan is coming up and uh, there's more down the pipeline um, make sure that you visit our Patreon patreon.com slash Americana Station um, follow us, rate us, review us tell all your friends and don't tell your enemies and uh, we'll see you next time thanks so much, I'm Lil Payne Harris
Every day.